Welcome to DJCC On Air, the destination for Dallas area young professionals. Looking to take it to the next level personally and professionally? You've come to the right place. We connect you with cutting edge thought leaders who share the secrets to driving successful businesses. We infuse your lifestyle with business, networking, information, and innovation, all while covering the top trending topics for young professionals. This is DJCC On Air. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to DJCC On Air. I'm Zach Lewis, sitting here with one Kathleen Denoyer. Kathleen, how's it going? It's fabulous. The 2018 is already off to a fantastic start. It is. I like the way you rolled your eyes when you said fantastic. So, <laughs> what's going on in DJCC this month? Um, we have a lot. It, it, January is always our slow month because the board turns over and the board has to have their retreat. But we are having our happy hour at the Stonely, third weekend, or third Thursday of the month. The Stonely? The Stonely. What is that? The Stonely is is attached to one of the hotels downtown. Oh, okay. um, it's in Uptown, like right across from the Ritz Carlton. Have you been? We've done several things with them over the last couple oh, of years. Okay. So they're kind of one of the stalwarts that really just wants to make sure they insert their name for the year. So January was a good time to do it. We did our Christmas party there two years ago. Right. Had the Christmas Christmas party. Speak of the devil. Our last episode was uh, Welcome Back with the Elf Society and John Hall of the Elf Society. We did Christmas things for the DJCC. How'd it go? Everything was fantastic. The Elf Society, uh, my EVP, Sarah Curley, cried. Did she really? When we were volunteering because we were um, down south um, at Kids World in South Dallas and we were dealing with these kids who really, they don't have anything. Um, And so it it was quite a blessing. Everybody, everybody loves a crying volunteer. Like, uh, oh, no, come on, you've got to hold it together. Yeah, but I'm not the kids. volunteer to shed a tear. I, I can't. <laughs> right. So I know you probably just said this, but I missed it. When's the next happy hour? The next happy hour is January 18th. January 18th. At the Stonely. The Stonely. Yes. Gotcha. So today on DJCC On Air, Season 3, Episode 2, um, we're sitting down with a fairly unique guest, somebody I'm familiar with, somebody Kathleen's a little familiar with, people who follow our Facebook page are probably very familiar with, Heath Oaks. Of Second Shot, as I know him, the hit podcast that is a blast to be a part of. We actually just finished recording an episode. Um, That'll be out later today as we're recording this. Um, But for the DJCC, he actually got tangled up with these people. Um, He's going to give a speech, which I can't wait to hear more about. Um, I would let Kathleen kind of give him an intro, but I think the man can speak for himself. He, for himself, Heath, welcome to the show. What's up, guys? How's Glad it going? to be here. Thank you for coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe your listeners are probably like, "Wow, that's a real redneck voice." I love it. You got like perfect Zach over here that's got like that perfect no. radio, and then <laughs> swing in the strong redneck. And it's just like, bam. I'll, I'll see if I can't throw some East Coast in there. I'm going to call you next yeah. week. See, there it comes out. Oh, wow. That's from living on the East Coast for four years. Well, it yeah. just pops out. My One of my assistants was from Boston, and it was hilarious because I always knew whenever she talked to her parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden she was like this really sick, like thick Boston accent. Mm-hmm. And every time she talked to her parents, they go, Oh my God! Your boss is turning you into a redneck because you sound more. <laughs> and it was hilarious. Just picking that right yeah. up. Actually, yeah. when I moved to the East Coast, they they gave me trouble about that too because when I would talk to my mother, because I call my mother Mama and Daddy. Mm-hmm. When I speak of them, I say Mother and Father because very proper. But yeah. Mama and Daddy, so they'd be like, "Why are you just all of a sudden Southern?" And I'm like, "I can't help it, Daddy. Yeah. It just pops out." <laughs> no, I dig it. The more time I spend in front of a microphone wearing headphones talking to people, the more I like have to appreciate. Um, accents and like just yeah twangs like I, I love yeah, that yeah but here's what doesn't make any sense to, to me about you mm. you grew up in Houston yeah 
How do you have like this like Midwestern no accent? My only, you grew up in Houston. I know. And my only explanation is my parents are from Michigan, and we go visit Michigan like a couple times every year. Oh, a couple times, but so you I don't live know. in Houston. Got it from my family, like, I guess. Zero accent. You've got that Midwestern thing where it's like that perfect. Like you've got the perfect voice for the radio and all that because you're so in the middle of the road. But it's, you grew up in Houston. It's true. Well, let's let's swing that proverbial pendulum the other way. Heath, where'd you grow up? <laughs> Where's your accent from? East Texas. East. Texas. Where specifically? Tyler area. Tyler. Now, I, got, yeah. I believe it or not, Tyler's... You no, just said ahead. specifically, and he said Tyler area. Right. He didn't even get really well, even honed I mean, down. That's like me. I'm not really from Houston. <laughs> Technically, I'm from Spring, but like people don't know that. I'm just like, Houston. Yeah. Like sure. Okay, yeah. so the next troop mm-hmm. and went to Carlisle High School. Carlisle High. Mm, boy. I graduated <laughs> with 23 people from you a did, public did school. Did you really? Wow. 23. I graduated in top 20, baby. <laughs> So see, I don't ever, Woo! I don't ever have to. I never. I usually just say I graduate in the top twenty. I don't explain that there was only twenty three. Right. But yeah, um, the public high school, kindergarten to twelfth grade was five hundred students. Yeah. And were you all in the same building, or did they? There was le- three buildings. Okay, was, but it was the same campus. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And I think there was actually two elementary buildings. There was the junior high. There was a high school and cafeteria in the middle. And so you were saying before we started that you played football. Did you have a full football team? I imagine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had full. We of had course, a, everybody we, had a full. Yeah, football yeah. Team. We had a full football <laughs> yeah, team, but East we Texas, we are the yeah. small. You know, we were back then. We were one A, and so now they changed the whole. So it goes up six A now. So I think we were. I think it's moved to two A. Are you half A? No, you're not half. Basically, <laughs> they're actually bigger now. It's it's a little. I mean, they have like 35, 40 people graduating. Now, wow, yeah, it's pretty That's big crazy. Time. Big time. This is gonna sound silly, but who's the uh, who's the mascot of Carlisle High? Carlisle Indians, baby. Indians, of course. Mm, What's you gonna do? Not, not gonna <laughs> jump on that grenade. So yeah. moving forward, how does how does a young man? Uh, Heath, how old are you? At third, just turn, oh, well, I always I keep saying I just turned thirty. You want to stick I never, with thirty? Because you know what? It Did was you not sad just turn to move from the twenty nine to thirty. It's a big. There's league. a big difference of being able to say you're twenty nine versus thirty. Yeah, it really well, is. I've hit 35. So yeah. in the little surveys, mm. I have I'm no longer like the 21 nah. to the 34, and then 35. Nah. Well, the, see, that's why you're the president. See, it good, it's good to be because I've got the age on me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> experience and maturity, Kathleen. Yeah, yeah. That's what you've got. Sure, yeah. we'll roll with that and one. That, yeah, and, and I'm 25, and that's why I'm the radio guy. So I think you're I think you're square. So I guess the first question I ask is. How did you get tangled up with this DJCC organization, and how are you, how is a guy from Tyler now giving a speech? Tell us a little about you. If you listen, what do you do now? What's your yeah? Okay, so well, what's interesting is that you know Jeff, um, the owner of of um, this whole network, this really. whole network yeah. Yeah. is uh, a friend of ours. Jen, mm-hmm. My wife Jenny and 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 uh, Victoria, his wife and stuff. So we were friends, and um, so then I met Sarah, you know, a long time ago with that too, and then. Um, so I've been here doing the, the Second Shot podcast, and Sarah brought it up to ask to come on. But um, I graduated high school, and I, I, I did graduate 18th out of 23. So it's pretty I good. Was, Still top 20. I, I barely got my butt across that stage. Yeah, I was like 400-something, um, so yeah. you're all right. Yeah, but out of 800. <laughs> <laughs> I think statistically, like proportionally, I think you still got me beat, honestly. But I, No, no, think right. about it. 18th out of 20. I'm not. See, Zach, this, you're smarter than me. 18th out of 23, per, percentage wise, is, you know, top 10%. Where's the You had to be one or two. <laughs> yeah. Can we get somebody to crush the numbers on that? Yeah. I, I'm not a math whiz. Mm. Not at yeah. all. I didn't go to no math school. Yeah. I, had... I went to radio school. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I didn't go to school. Right. You <laughs> yeah. you finished high school and I you did finished? you did a semester of, of a college, couple right? semesters of a junior college. Right. Um, they literally, you know, you, you had to. I didn't take SATs, ACTs, none of that. There, there was that little junior college test thing you take. And so, what was funny, I realized. So there's like three levels of remedial classes: your mm-hmm. third, second one, till you could take real college. Well, I qualified for the third level of history, English, science, all of it. So. It was so funny. My second semester, I go, oh, how many? You know, I took twelve hours a semester. I said, how many hours do I have? They go, you've got four. I said, no, bo- no, I've been here, <laughs> and they go, well, none of those count for college credits because you. I go, so you telling me I got to pay for the next couple years, and then I get to start paying for now. I'm out. So I left. Um, school was not my thing, um, and started selling cars. Uh, didn't take me very long to realize that what what I wanted to do. So. But you were good at it. I, I did, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'd, I'd made. It was the first time I ever made real money. I mean, yeah. I waited tables and did every. You know, I was the kid at thirteen driving plants around, selling them on my four wheeler and trying to make money off of it. You know, if there was a way to make money, I figured a way to do that. I bought my first truck at thirteen for two hundred fifty dollars. Wow! And it was running, and I sold it broke for five hundred. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept trying to try to trade up and get a little bit more. He's an entrepreneur. Yeah. I love it. So <laughs> that's I, fantastic. It, what was funny was is I liked the car business, but I just realized that I wanted my name on the building. I didn't right. want to be working there. I realized I wasn't going to get there that way. You so, weren't walking the lots. You were painting, making sure the lots got painted. Yes. Yeah. And so I uh, started in, in the insurance business. Somebody said, "Hey, look, if you look at anything that that I, I engulfed myself in wealth and building that and." And I have a book called Ignorance on Fire, Journey of Failing Your Way to Success that kind of talks read, about by the way. kind of talks about a young man's journey from starting out that I was nothing but money that mattered, the only thing that mattered, and how my journey um, turned from I'm not I, I'm I love money and and I will continue to strive to make it, but it changed from being the most important thing to the byproduct of true success. And so mm-hmm. how my journey turned as a young person that's what that's what that kind of really really kind of led to and. Uh, so I, everything you read about wealth, building it is residual income of some sort. So insurance was something that you sell today, and if you take care of your people and they keep paying, you make money on it, so you build up a big book of business. And yep. So I said, okay, I'm going to do that, and it didn't take anything. The problem was then is, um, again, I'm not that smart, uh, and you got to take an insurance test and pass it to get a license, and it took me four times. <laughs> so... Um, it's so funny because now everybody across territory, when somebody's like failed it a couple times, they're like, "Well, Heath, can call Heath." <laughs> you know, I'm like the epitome of like, if if anybody can do it, like yeah. if I can do it, anybody can. Go talk to him. Yeah. He didn't do it, but it, he does it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he succeeded. <laughs> he failed it many times. You, you can do it. adversity. Yeah, yeah. My book is called "Ignorance on Fire: A Journey of Failing Your Way to Success." And um, so, I started doing insurance, and then I started my own insurance agency and built it up to a couple million dollars, and I sold it. And had uh, started another agency from scratch and moved on with uh, a colonial life and went corporate with them. Um, at 23 years old, I was the youngest corporate executive with the company, took over state of Florida, um, came back after a couple of years of taking it over, took over North Texas, got to move back home. And am now a senior territory um, executive with uh, Colonial Life and oversee all of Louisiana, Oklahoma, and have about, I've had about six or 700 salespeople total, um, a 80 to 100 million dollar book of business I oversee and we'll do 35 to 40 million in sales a year plus I have a restaurant and bar I own in Tyler and I have mm-hmm. a lot of real estate that I own and and so all kinds of ventures of business and and uh, sales which is really sales is one of my 
probably my first loves uh, of it all. But recruiting, um, I'm a big recruiter. Recruiting has been probably the number one reason of my success because I've hired some of the best talent you can ever have. I mean, they've made me look really good. And, and there's more state managers across Colonial. There's 47 of them, and five of them I brought into the company and developed, and they got promoted, which is more than anybody in the 80-year history. So it wasn't just built on a predicated on my success. It was developing others to success. And, and when they got promoted, you know, I lost them. They, they went on to do their own thing. So like, but I encourage that. Right. And one of the reasons why I really wanted to bring you in to talk to our group is, mm-hmm. you know, so I am at the edge of the millennials because mm-hmm. I'm 35. Mm-hmm. But um, I think there's this backlash. I was a great student. Mm-hmm. I had a perfect GPA. Mm-hmm. I went on, I have two bachelors. I did 21 hours a semester, et cetera, et cetera. And then I was dumped out into the world after grad school and the economy was in the toilet. And suddenly, all of a sudden, this A student who could do everything in school has struggled. Mm-hmm. I, I, I make no bones about it because I'm past that point mm-hmm. in my life, but I've struggled yeah. for the last decade to figure this out. I do not have near the portfolio you do have, but I think what this sort of contrasts is the lie. Yeah. The lie that our generation was told when we were growing up that, A, you have to go to college to be successful. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have those book learning skills, you'll never ma- amount to anything. Because the most success I've had coming out of school is my sales experience, mm-hmm. which you can teach sales training. You can you know hone your craft. But the ability to rip the Band-Aid off, make that cold call, and just make a fool of yourself and, and not worry about it but close the deal because you're good at making a fool of yourself, that's what made me my money. Not my fancy degrees. Well, everybody says, I mean, if you, if you look at my wife, you realize how good of a salesman I am because I married <laughs> up like a champ. And so I uh, simply beautiful. say, everybody goes like, well, how did you just approach her? Goes, because I'm not scared. All she can do is say no. Like I had tough skin. I was in sales. Like I got told no a lot. So if, you know, I, I was at least going to go for it. And so she didn't say no. So I got a shot and now I married her. Right. I, I wrapped that up, put a ring on it about six months. I said, I ain't letting this go. Nice. Yeah, I like know? it. Sales skills is imperative, you know, but I'll tell you, this is a hot button of mine because you're correct. See, I, I um, you know, it's so the difference of our country, that's what you were told raising. And even though we're very close in age that, mm-hmm. but yet my parents, my mom had was 16 and had to drop out of high school. She got pregnant. My brother married my dad. My dad quit, went to the army. They got out and worked. Yeah. Like never, so it was, college wasn't something that was like you have to go to college to do stuff because they weren't my parents weren't educated in, in the college world so it wasn't but it wasn't something they go don't do you know it just wasn't as heavily as that conversation um and being out in the country so rural that i'm from not a lot worse so it wasn't as heavy on my end now here's what i tell people and this is what gets me about our system mm-hmm. is i a hundred percent believe in education right i, I am i you can Ask anybody that knows me, I'm consistently educating myself, reading, learning, pushing the limits of, you know, I became a pilot because I wanted to learn about aviation and how that worked. I've got there's I'm one of those people that have so many random things I'm involved in. Right. Because I want to learn. I don't believe in the institutional education system that we have. I think it's broke. Um, I think it's um, I don't think that is I think there's it needs to be fixed. There's a lot to be desired there, and I agree with you completely and, on that. But when, so when people say education, they need to start qualifying as institutional education because education and institutional education are two things. Right. You need to be a lifelong learner. The only way for success is to be a lifelong learner. But the problem was is you're going to take a kid like me that I was so clearly you could define who I was at a young age. Mm-hmm. 
to stick me into three remedial classes of math and science and all of that when I was going to have nothing to do with that and lost all of my interest when, in fact, if I would have been put in a situation where there was actually some learning of things that I want to know that it was very clear from a young age I was not going to be – I'm I'm dyslexic, and so reading was a struggle for me. Writing was a struggle for me. All of that stuff was tough. So if there would have been a lane of – the uh, education that I didn't have to learn the hard way, like that I learned, I would have, I wish, I, I, I wish I could have had the cool college experience, but I didn't. I couldn't go. I couldn't afford it anymore. I wasn't going to sit there and keep going and not get the hours. So I, I, I think there's a misconception around education. Education, and, and a lot of people will talk, will um, have a misconception of me on it because I didn't go and think, oh, I don't care about education. No, I care about education. Yeah. Just not the institutional education. Yeah. Well, and, an and it's 100% true. Some of the most successful people I've met have issues, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote, learning disabilities. Yep. And to me, I don't think it's a disability. Mm-hmm. I think you just learn differently. But we have this rigid, and it is broken, a public school system mm-hmm. education or this idea of institutional ed- education. And I speak from experience as a yeah. mother now is that it, there's only one way to learn. Yeah. That's book learning, and that's yeah. reading and writing papers, and that's just not the reality. Like you said, you believe in education. My greatest educators were my parents, yeah. and it had nothing necessarily to do with the fact that they had these advanced degrees. It had to be with the fact that they could not stop, like you said, yeah. learning. They were always learning. They were always reading history books, always reading you know, scientific publications, National Geographic, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So that is where I got most of my education, was literally directly from my mother and father going through the school system for me was just kind of a check mark yeah. and I could do all of those things yeah. you know I was the student who once the teacher talked for five minutes I figured out the concept and I would literally drift off and then she'd call me and, and say what's the answer to this question I'd look at the question and I already knew it so I, I would answer and then I'd drift off again so I was able to avoid getting into trouble because of that talent but at the same time I'm not sure that institutional education did as much for me as my parents did. I can say that it did not do as much and as, as my parents did. And as the real world did. education can do. A hundred percent. And that's kind of where I wanted to get a good start on this conversation. We only have a half hour to get to know Heath Oaks before many of our DJCC members actually see him. You can totally turn off Facebook Live. We're done with it. You're going to have to tune in the episode if you want the rest of it. I'm sorry. You're going to have to come back. Yeah, you got to want it. Um, so as far as, as far as as far as getting to know Heath Oaks, that's kind of where I wanted to start. When I go to something like a DJCC meeting, a happy hour, and I see a lot of people there, I think to myself, man, a lot of these people are just like, they seem successful. They have clothes that are nicer than mine. It seems like they really have it together. And it's it's incredibly encouraging to hear from somebody who had an upbringing that, for, for all intents and purposes, like you said, didn't go to college mm-hmm was selling cars at 19, like, makes you think, like, man, you know, I, I went to college. I, I had things going for me. And, like, turns out that doesn't matter because you can be successful no matter what. You just have to you have to want it. You have to have to have it drive. And there's – after doing so many episodes of Second Shot with you, that's something that, like, I've really taken to heart. And I think of other professionals at the DJCC thing and think to myself, you know, for anybody out there that doesn't that doesn't know – if they're going in the right direction, doesn't know if like maybe I'm doing the you know I, I don't I don't know I, if if it's difficult for me to quantify if they don't know like maybe I'm what if it all doesn't work out you know if they have doubts in themselves I think you can look at somebody like Heath for inspiration and it's like you didn't you didn't really know back then but like looking back it's like you didn't have to you just had to have that drive that that encouragement but the problem too is it, it, here's here's the thing is. The educational issues that I had, and, and this is what you'll get a glimpse of in the speech that I have, is talking about 
how turning, you know, how much the mindset of the struggle is such a positive thing. Mm-hmm. And that any, no matter how rough and tough it is, like I, I really look forward to the struggle. I look forward to something knocking me off guard and, and, and setting me on my butt and me figuring out how to overcome it versus where some people get hit with the struggle and go, I can't help myself, right? Yeah. Um, I look back at it, the educational disability was the best thing in the world for me because sometimes I'll figure out and go, why is it that I always, I always try to figure out some, um, you know, I'm just very resourceful in trying to figure things out and go. Mm-hmm. And I go back to in second grade, um, I knew that I couldn't read very well. And I knew that everything looked jumbled up, but I didn't want to tell anybody because I knew that the people who had that also went to this little box and weren't a part of everybody else, oh, right? Yeah. I didn't really know what that was, mm. um, but I knew that I didn't want to go. I like to be around people too much, and so I never told anybody. Nobody, my parents never knew till four or five years. I never admitted my educational stuff till four or five years ago. That I've always been the person who tells everything there is bad about me. That was something I held on to for a long time. That's interesting. It was tough. And strategic, I, though. Yes. Honestly, strategic yeah. as a child to say, you know what? I don't want to be over there, and that's how I'm going to be labeled. Well, and what I did was in second grade, and what's funny is, is I actually won the fastest reader award in seventh grade. <laughs> in second grade. Rock on. Let me tell you how. The, reader, the, the teacher would say, tomorrow we're going to read these chapters. And I knew she went uh, by chair each chapter. So what I did the night before is I would study the chapter I knew I was going to be in and, and memorized it. So when it came around to me, I could read it real fast, and nobody would know. Wow. Like it. And so I look at it now and I go, you know, that's kind of the things that I think that if it wasn't for that educational issue, I may not have ever been somebody that could be resourceful in figuring out um, issue. Instead of a problem stopping me, I saw it as a way to figure out how to beat that problem, right, at a very young age, which was ironic. And so you look at it and go, um, it was such a positive for me. It was such a, like, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be who I am. Honestly, I think you turned it into a positive. Yeah. I think that's a lot of your personality, like having gotten to know you over the last couple of months that I've worked here. That's a part of your personality because a lot of a lot of my lack of struggle has stopped, has has hampered me as an adult. hundred percent on it. We're being super honest this year on DGCC. Are we not this season? We are. I I struggled. I really did, especially post-divorce. The divorce coming out of grad school, having a baby, and the economy crashing all just happened at one time, and it laid me bare. I had to crack open the walnut and just see what to fix, yep. and it took a long time. You'll ask anybody in DJCC, ask them about the board member I was when I first joined in 2013. It is not the same person I am today. And the most important part is, though, is that you've evolved. Like, see, some yes. people stay in it forever. <laughs> right. Some, you know, as, as, as you know, my redneck, some people want to waller in it. <laughs> some people want to waller I, in I it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be my new hashtag. It's a good one. And so, but also, like, so I think about it. My book, my book is called Ignorance on Fire. Mm-hmm. I had one of my first mentors, Elena. She was my first vice president of the company. We we're sitting at the meeting. I was 23 years old, the youngest corporate executive hired. Um, I mean, and, and I was way in over my head and I look back, but she said at that meeting, she said, um, told everybody they had to handle their business um, because there was another lady that she just hired that had been with the company 30 years into the role. And, and I'm 23 years old in it. She said, I have ignorance on fire and knowledge on ice to deal with over here. So y'all handle your stuff, you know? <laughs> and I remember sitting there thinking, it was kind of like me in, in football. I was, I was a quarterback, but it was only because we were a small team and I had, I was very slow and I had an arm, and, and I could get the – I knew everybody's stuff. I studied, but I definitely was not that good. And the coach would always go, you know, only if, to the real athletes, only if you had Oaks' heart. You know, Oaks, you sure got a lot of heart. And, you know, you look at it and go, 
That's basically saying because you're no athlete, but you sure give it all you can, buddy. You know, <laughs> it's and, a little backhanded. And, yeah. and when she called me ignorance on fire, it was almost the same thing. But mm-hmm. I would rather be ignorance on fire than knowledge on ice. Yeah. And and so I look at it and think the not being smart enough to know what I didn't know mm-hmm. was a huge help. I was ignorance on fire. I didn't know what I didn't know. Sometimes us as as we get older, what happens is we start learning more. And we lose the childlike ability of just going for stuff. As a child, especially watching my baby grow seven months old and stuff now, you watch them, they just go for things. They don't think about it. And as a kid, you do all, you just try. The problem is now, as you get older, the more you learn, the more you know that oven's hot mm-hmm. and you got a chance of getting burned and you won't try. Right. Um, I was ignorant on fire. I didn't know that I didn't know. I didn't know that I couldn't succeed. I didn't know that that was like, like there was nothing, the, the expectations for me were not very high so there was really nowhere to fall from right and so i try to make sure as as um you know sarah blakely who started spanx um she was a copy machine salesman door to door for a long time before spanx and mm-hmm. it was funny because she was talking about how when she started the company that all these women were like oh i had that idea a long time ago you know but she's the only one who actually built it into a you know yeah huge company right and somebody asked her, why do you think you did versus the other ones doing it? And she said, you know, it's funny because my dad, every day when we sat around, all, he always asked us kids, what did we fail at today? That was his question every day. So as a kid, we never, you know, like failing didn't bother me because I had to fail at something every day. And I think about that and I, 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 that's what I want to instill in my daughter. And I think too many times today, people are told they're smart. People in, in the young generation is told they're certain one way, but failing is is a sign of that you're not smart which is not true failing is you're going for your passion you know and, and you fi- you figured out every way how not to do it and you're getting closer to figuring out how to do it so um it but it is funny how different the perspectives of um of how that can halt us and not you know oh, this absolutely. may be a djcc on air episode but this really has turned into something revealing for I'm me not- ignorance on fire knowledge on ice because that's what no. i was for a long time yeah. Yeah. I can I can write a book. I can write a history book. I have so much knowledge and facts and figures, but shenanigans if it took me forever to I've, get out of my shell. And look, in, in the funny, like I'm a guy who can't, who who struggles reading and all that, and I've written a book and had it published. Right. You know, and it was because I did it because I wanted to try it because everybody I know said that I probably couldn't. And so, you know, my, my buddies have a podcast called Fusic, you know, for everyone who said I couldn't. Yeah. And that's a, something they have on other stuff. And, and it's this whole model of getting around, you know, doing because somebody said you couldn't and um i guarantee out of all the teachers in high school i was the last one they would have ever bet that was going to write a get pub get a book published right so let's talk about your speech for the Mm -hmm. djcc um what is it out of all of these things that you could talk about out of out of being humble being positive staying positive accepting and embracing failure finding success in that getting to know people out of everything everything you do what what what's your speech going to be about my speech is going to to be about that, you know, like you 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 say, Kathleen, because you you've known me for a short amount of time. You say that's my personality, and so what happens a lot is that it's not always been that way, though. This has not always been me. True. And so here's what happens, though, is people will see me now, and I have really nice suits on all the time, and 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 have a lot more things now. Um, I've been blessed, and um, you know, the things have fell my way. Um, and so I look back on it and, and try to trying to tell people that that was not me 10, 11, 12 years ago. And I don't believe in selling these goods of change your life overnight with this. Right. Okay, I don't sell these goods of a fast, quick of anything. 
this has been a 10 to 12 year journey for me of putting in the time to get there. It's not an overnight. Anybody selling overnight success, anybody selling I'll make you rich quick, run. They're full of it. <laughs> They're not really wealthy because that doesn't happen that way. It takes a long time. It takes a steady grind. It takes a consistent discipline to get things done. And so what I'm going to talk about in the speech really are four key things that whenever I had to ask myself, um, you know, it, I didn't do, I didn't put out, look, here's what you're not going to hear. Set your goals for five years, 10 years. I've never wrote down my personal goals. <laughs> I don't tell people, I, I'm not going to tell people what other people say there is with it. I'm telling you what I honestly went through. And I had these, these parts of my life that my mindset was the biggest thing that think the good thing. If you think my mindset is, this is my personality. That's what I tried to strive for, but it was not my personality naturally. Right. But all. it's who you've become. But it's who I've become. Cause I've educated myself consistently over 10 years and looking at myself personally to change what I am and who I am to start owning it, to, to make those things better. So I've got a deal put together that it's going to be these four really things that I can give that I believe I guarantee you there are four battles everybody faces, mm -hmm. but I guarantee you you'll never hear, you've never heard a speech on these four things because people typically do the same thing over and over that they've heard some other motivational speakers. I'm not even a speaker. I don't, I don't do, I'm not a motivational speaker for a living at all. Um, so I'm just giving real what I went through. And no, and that's why I brought you in. Well, I, 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 working here, I have access to, to many speakers, mm -hmm. not just in our stable, but outside. But what we're really looking for, because this is my group and I get to hone it, especially mm -hmm. this year as president, is we're looking for authenticity. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is, is I've heard the different points that you're going to make to our group. And it's true. All of us, even though you and I have lived very different lives mm -hmm. and kind of opposite sides of the coin, the last um, five years for me have been more revealing. You say 10 yep. to 12. For me, it's five. I've mm -hmm. grown more over the last five years than I in my entire life. But that's also because you were, you, you were older and more mature. See, when mm -hmm. you're trying to do that at 19, it's going to take you about 10 years because you're not even close enough to being mature to... To, to make those steps faster, right? Well, I appreciate you saying that it was accelerated because of my age, yeah. but I, I think it no, was serendipitous timing. It's not about age, it's more about life. You, you've right. learned more in life at that right, point. Right, right, and, and a big part of it for me was just looking at, and it, it was scary stepping out of the career. I've, I've walked away from my degrees, quote unquote, mm -hmm. because the degrees that I have um, are for jewelry and art, et cetera. And I just have not found success. I was beating my head against that brick wall for a decade. Yep. And it just, I finally got to a point where my best friend looked at me when I was offered this job. And I'm really good at this whole PR marketing thing because I like to talk to people like yeah, you. Yeah. Um, and, and sales. And she looked at me and I was like, I'm just, I can't believe I'm walking away from my degrees. And, and, and am I starting my second career? She basically slapped me through the phone and said, Kathleen, you're already in your second career. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Because my mother's second career was actually probably her more uh, successful. And she started that when she she was 42. Yeah. You know, she switched from being a nurse to a lawyer and she made way more money being a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that woman can argue with anybody. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Ask> my daddy. <laughs> well, you know, and I, I, I think about it as what I, what, what you're going, what you're going to get from me is you're, you're going to hear a lot of words that I make up because great, by the way. is it because, the dyslexia yeah. is it yeah, just and, jumbling and, and 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 i don't know big words <laughs> so i'll just make them up yeah. and but i'll make you believe i know what i'm talking i'll make you think that you're missing out on a word okay? i'm gonna have to look for the dictionary this, is, this isn't a glitch it's a feature i it promise is. Yeah, <laughs> this is a good thing it is absolutely <laughs> built in with it you're gonna get real you're not gonna get um i'm not a um 
I'm not somebody who tries to act like I'm not. Mm-hmm. I am me, um, and I own it, and I could care less um, what others think or not. But I think that if you want to hear the truth and no fluff, really, then you're going to enjoy it, I hope. Um, and, and ultimately, at the end of the day, hopefully there's somebody there that goes, you know what? That helps. And even though you say you're not a motivational speaker, mm-hmm. that's really what motivates people. People really want honesty yep. and organic, especially the millennial generation. Yep. We hear a lot of things about our generation that are negative, but the one thing that I have found over and over, and it's true, especially if you look at social media and the way we communicate now, people want organic. That's why I think I'm doing so well on our Facebook Lives for DJCC, because if I fall down and I trip over something, which happens a lot, mm-hmm. I run into doors. Um, I will. It's true. You've seen me run into a door. Your 2018 president, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Well, there's not enough millennials that are living their truth. That there's these there's these young people that have got rented Lamborghinis, taking a picture of it that they don't own, acting right. like they're successful. Right. When they're renting the dadgum cars and coming out, there's not enough real people that have real success to go. Right. Um, here's what it is on top of it, telling what the truths and the downfalls and the upsides of success are, and what and what success can you know success to me is not just money. Success to me is whatever you want it to be, and it's many things. Um, I had. I, I reached a really uh, pinnacle spot financially at a very young age, mm-hmm. but never became really successful till I married my wife and had my daughter. I was just going to say you know? that. You said success means yep. different things to different people. Yep. If you took away every dime I've ever made, and I haven't made that many, if you take every degree away from me, every accomplishment, every award, the one thing that I care about is being a good mother. I love being her mom and interacting with her, and I will give up everything else in this world to be happy and have a happy relationship with my child. But the best part is, is you can have it all. Yeah, I know. That, that, I mean, but Working you know on I mean? it. Yeah, but you know what I mean? You can have it all. And, and that is the key with it. And that your success may not be what my idea is. And that's 100% okay. I always tell people that work with me and stuff, it, it, just because your success and my success aren't the same, I still love you. Right. And I'm going to love you to whatever success you want. I don't judge people based on that. And... Um, I'm never, but I also, I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for having a lot of money. I'm not going to do Nor it. Nor should you because I'm, you've worked for yeah, every penny. I'm not going to be the one to sit there and try to, uh, you know, feel bad because, you know, I know what I personally do for others and everything else that I, I don't need a justification from anybody else. Um, I think being successful financially, being successfully personally, they can, they marry together. And, but if you're somebody who doesn't want the personal life, the wife, the kid and all that, you just want to go. You know what? That's your pro- that's the best thing. We're in a, we're America, baby. You get the <laughs> option. It. You get the option to do both. Yes. And I think you'll get a little bit of that from the speech. Yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. One of the things I've resolved to do in 2018 is go to more networking events, go to more professional events, and out of whatever is going on when this speech happens, I'm gonna do my best to be there. If not in the audience, no, no. Are you gonna do advance. your best or are you gonna be there? You see what I mean? Uh, it's worth listening to this. Guy. Are you gonna do your gotcha. best or are you gonna be there? I'm gonna be there. All right. Gotcha. Everybody hear that? We got that on record? Well, now I got to go. Now you have to go. <laughs> no, but I don't want to ruin the four points and give them away, but we discussed them earlier. And the reality is, and I think you and I are in very similar headspaces, and I think part of it is just living life and yes, going through 100%. trials and tribulations, is when you've come past those four points and you can reflect on them and they let go of who you are or you let go of them, however you want to yep. put it, there's a freedom. There is there massive. is a freedom. I have an intern um, working for me now who she's constantly saying, "How can you just jump on that phone call and make that phone call?" And I'm like, "I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. I care deeply. Yeah, I want to yeah. be successful." <laughs> 
but I don't have the fear. The self-doubt. Maybe that's what it is. I don't have the fear. That's the right yeah. way to say it. I don't have the self-doubt. You don't have self-doubt anymore. Mm-mm. Because when I get the two phone calls I had the other day where they're basically like, you know, bye-bye, no, don't call us again. I'm like, all right. But don't you think if it wasn't for the humbling experience you had to go through that that wouldn't happen? You yes. wouldn't be there? Absolutely. I don't regret because, it anymore. Because would you think that if you look back and go, you were somebody who was at the top of all of it, right? The education, you learned it all well. And then you got hit with some reality that made you go through those tough times. And if it wasn't for that, you would never have this type of real, like you thought you were confident back then before the struggle, but mm-hmm. now it's real confidence. Would oh, you yeah. agree? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to... Because nothing throw... nothing can be much tougher than what nope. that was. Nope. And let me throw out the, the the military expression, embrace the suck. Yep. I have learned to embrace the suck. The hardest part, the deep in the mud, all the way up to your waist, you don't know how you're going to get out of this. Embrace it because and, it makes you better. And if you're in the suck, if you just hold on a little bit longer, mm-hmm. it's going to pass. Yeah. I think that's what people forget. They do. They, 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 they sort of get lost the forest through the trees. And I love it because I had, whenever I was starting out in the insurance business and I was broke and I would hang Christmas lots on the weekend or I would do whatever I can to make money because I couldn't, I, I was broke. I was going, I was 100% commission door to door. How many people told me to get a real job, you know, <laughs> um, over and over told me to get a real job. And, and what's ironic is, is that now those people are the ones saying that, yeah, but Heath, you're just so lucky. You know, same right. people that were telling me to get a real job. Now we're just like, you're, you're so lucky. lucky. Yeah. You're so lucky. I'm like, buddy, it's, it's, you know, it, I have screwed up so, you know, if you play the lottery once a year and Zach plays it a hundred times a year, who's got the best shot for winning? Zach does. Okay. So and you would say, Zach, you're so lucky. No, he played it more than you. Yeah. You know, I swung, I swing at the bat much more. Yeah. And, and I have screwed up much more, but you know what? I got lucky and hit the ball every now and then, but I swung it a lot more. But you get to walk away from the screw-ups and you get to embrace the the winds because the winds walk with you. The taller the mountain, the greater the view. We are out of time, unfortunately. As much as I would Uh. enjoy to continue this conversation, we should do it at your speech. Uh, at least have some of this. And going you will on. be there. I will be there. I will now. That's for sure. I'm yeah. looking forward. Well, to now, it. yeah. Now I'm like beholden to it. Now I'm like, you know what? I am going to be there. It's going to be great. Well, so you have, you have no choice now. Right. <laughs> now I'm stuck. All right. Maybe we should do a remote podcast. Just this is starting. Don't, don't hurt yourself, look, Kathleen. Look, look, this uh, is starting your New Year's resolution. It's true. Of going out to it, and this is the first step of it. You got to actually make it. yourself do it. I'm going. You're there. I'm going. Yep. It's going to happen. It's like working out. Matt should have to go, too. Matt should. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, no, Whoa. we got to get him online oh, here. Oh, no, poor Matt. Uh, Matt on the spot. There Matt he is. Yes, everything. Matt, your mic's on. Feel free to speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, with that being said, we're just about out of time. I want to get to Heath, but before I do, Kathleen, once again, what's going on with the DJCC this month? DJCC, we have our happy hour at the Stonely, and we are going to have Heath Oaks as our special guest for our membership meeting. I am literally calling every single member to bring them out nice well make sure you give me a call too because i'm gonna need a reminder on you that don't day. need a call because i'll make sure you're there <laughs> heath how can people find out more about you uh you can look me up at ignorance on fire instagram at heath oaks on twitter um ignorance on fire on facebook and everything else and google me you can find everything else about me yes and if you are a podcast listener if you're listening to this you are kudos uh, check out Second Shot. Um, it is a fantastic show. It comes out every Friday. I could not recommend it enough. If you want to hear more about it, it's Heath, different. It's a different type podcast. I've, ne- I've never heard another podcast like ours. Me neither. And I love it for that. We take we don't interview people. Don't do that. We take headlines. We twist them up and change them up. Take a second shot. It's pretty interesting. It's funny. 
Yes. Um, and and all, my beautiful wife comes on every now and then and, and it's graces true. us with her presence. So. Yeah, the, the new episode, episode 48, goes out today. So if you're hearing this, go check it out. It's on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you can find it. It is brilliant. Heath, thank, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having it. me. Kathleen, any, any, any uh, last words? Just 2018 is our centennial. It's 100 years. I'm working my behind off to make sure everything's bigger, better, and better than next year and every other year. I got to be honest. I think Heath Oaks is a good start. That's why we brought him on. I'm excited. I'm, excited. I'm so smart. I'm so excited. I am, I am pumped about it. It's going to be good. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm going on this now. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Never one source for premium talk radio.